Man, I like we should talk about fetish clients. Oh yeah, those are, <laughs> those are honestly my favorite. Yeah, spice <laughs> things up. Yeah, I mean they're so spicy. Yeah, and in a world of kind of vanilla. It. I feel like those are the people who are just like out there really being themselves. Yeah, I. You know, I kind of respect that. Like people who have like a certain thing that they're like, yeah, I like that. They're like, I'm like, okay, cool. yeah. Like I remember. Oops. Man, I've had so many different kinds. Whenever I was camming, it was, like, my my first real fetish guy, aside from the fucking million and one guys who want you to humiliate their tiny dicks. <laughs> and, like, how is this so rampant? Yeah. Request? But I swear it was, like, every other guy was, like, can you make fun of my dick? <laughs> I always feel, like, weird about that because I'm, like, I don't know. I understand it, but I'm also, like, I don't I don't know. I don't like shaming people, yeah, like, I for feel their so bodies. Bad. I feel bad, but I also understand humiliation is such a fetish. Yeah. Like, there's this one guy who recently came in, and he was, like, I want you to make fun of my penis, but, like, not in, like, a dumb way. Like, I want <laughs> you to, like, go to the dark place. Like, what you would say to your girlfriends if, like, you just had sex with me and I was too small for you and you weren't about it. Damn. Like, He's like, I want you to, like, be that mean. Like, talk about how it was, like, so small. Like, you couldn't even feel it. Or, like, it's a deal breaker and you wouldn't date me. Like, I'm cute, but you wouldn't date me because my penis is small. I mean, maybe these are the things they're thinking, like, about themselves or have experienced in real life. And It's externalizing those kinds of, I don't know, those experiences. Yeah. Yeah, like, he showed me. Maybe desensitizing a little bit to it, too, that you're like, yeah, I've already heard this shit. Like, I'm good. I I don't know. I mean, he was like, yeah, like it's hurtful, but that's the turn on. Hmm. So I'm I like, mean, I mean, pain yeah. hurts sometimes, or pain like feels good sometimes. Yeah, yeah, there's sexy pain. Yeah, and it's so interesting to me because it it really is like a form of pain, but it's a very it's non physical. It's like that emotional yeah trauma level yeah. pain. Yeah, some of this the like things that people would like ask me to to like talk about on the phone, I'd just be like bro are you okay yeah but then they're like yeah i love it yeah i'm just like okay cool yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah oh man there's another guy who came in and he um he he was like this like fat black man Mm -hmm. the other guy was like a he was like an average looking white man i guess some some People might think he's attractive, but he was... Like, conventionally attractive he was white conven- dude. He was conventional in every way. Like, I can't even paint a picture. He was yeah. just average. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I see you every day, bro. <laughs> I see you every day, bro. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is, like, a fat, like, middle-aged black man, and, um, and, like, he wanted to dance with me, and he was like, okay, I don't want you to do anything except for... Well, he was like, I just want you to make fun of me for being a fat sissy and talk about my man titties i got a lot of sissies yeah there are a lot of people who like were into the sissification stuff it's kind of fun like Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel i i I always like teeter on like if i prefer being dominant or submissive Mm -hmm. in these situations so i'm kind of like it was fun though Mm -hmm. it was fun doing that oh i'm definitely like dominant and like kind of sadistic so you're like so yes. it was oh yeah anytime i can like crush somebody's balls i'm like yeah. so down for it it's my favorite thing yeah i mean i feel like that's also like a socialization of like afab people to be submissive yeah so that's like something i've kind of 
I don't know, straddled the fence on. I'm like, is this oh, just yeah. socialization? Is it conditioning like, or is it what you actually want? Yeah. But I mean, it could be both. Yeah, true. And just some, like, <laughs> sometimes I want this flavor, sometimes I want that exactly. flavor. Exactly. Like, it's like it's like being cis. I'm a switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like being cis. Like sometimes, like being cis and femme feels good, and then sometimes, mm. and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel exploring gender has been really interesting too. Just like mm-hmm. questioning, like, what is a woman? Mm-hmm. Like, what is a man? What is a woman? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Just exploring that like fluidity. Yeah in it and just being like I have both I am both like, yeah. yeah I think I've been I've been thinking about that more because I got a lot of questions about my Instagram handle mm. um, being like pretty boy girl because I so it didn't come from me thinking about gender at all it came from a really dumb soldier boy song because <laughs> <laughs> my sister would um, sing it and and they would be like this right here is my Swag. Everybody pay attention to my pretty boy swag. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, pretty boy girl. <laughs> pretty boy girl. Yeah. And it just like literally was, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to come up with and I want a handle and I want and an Instagram you have so a handle, bad. Like, you got to stick with it. You really kind of mine do. <laughs> Mine's a joke about Four Loco. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even really drink much, but someone just like made a joke and I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. And yeah. now, like, five years later, I'm like, well, I can't switch You're it like, now. You're like, this is me now. This is who I am. I everybody. am Four Loco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes I've like been spotted before in public, which is really like a new thing for me because I don't have much of a following yeah but it was still like the person was like you're a pretty boy girl right and I was like yeah. wow that's crazy <laughs> and they always know you by like your username too. yeah like, hey for low crow like hey for low crow <laughs> yeah it is it is strange mm-hmm. the internet the internet's fucking wild man. it's so wild yeah. like the amount of reach that you can have now as like an individual and it's like, like cool but also like I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like, we're in an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Fix me out. <laughs> yeah, we are definitely in an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. I don't and, know. And it's just like levels of like recognizability mm-hmm. can get like kind of scary too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm still like just kind of flying out there and yeah. occasionally someone will be like, hey, what's up? But like, yeah. I don't know. I just think of people where like, I don't know, they have, like, 5 million followers, and they can't, like, go buy some fucking tampons and not get, like, harassed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's just, like, the level of privacy that you can expect um, if if you have an online presence is kind of limited. Spooky shit. Spooky shit. And also, like, being a sex worker and having that. Like, I've had clients find me. Which is a whole thing, and then yeah. sometimes I'll give it like I'll give my handle away to clients because they're like, "Oh, I like want to read your writing. Like, I want to know more about you." I'm like, "I mean, sure." It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged short sword because, like, on the one hand, I don't mind, and my content is kind of open for everybody to view, but it's also like, you're probably gonna like see me talk shit about you, <laughs> or like talk shit about people broadly, and you'll yeah. have like, or you'll just. I think something that happened with one of my clients was that he kind of realized how, like, aware I was of everything going on and what he was doing, even whenever he wasn't aware that I was aware. Yep. And how much I'm just—I have—I always joke, like, I have eyes everywhere, you guys. Like, I know exactly who everybody is in this room, what they're going to do, and who they're going to buy a dance with. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in those situations, like, you become— it, it's a it's a people job. You yeah, know? it's a people the job, job is to read people. Oh yeah. So it's like, 
you're like, bench, I see you. <laughs> like, bench, I see yeah, you. Exactly. And just like so many of these like dudes, I feel like are not self-aware in a lot of ways. No, they, just, like, they're not. They just, they're not aware of their preferences. They're not away, aware of like how their money tells their story, mm-hmm. um, how they're valuing people and things like that. Yeah. And, I mean, I also wonder if like, well, no, I don't wonder. I know some of that is informed by our like demonization of sex work, you oh, know, yeah. so I feel like, like, you know, so many people get their like sex, sex education from like pornography. Yeah. So I think that informs like some of the way clients like assume they should act or assume yeah, people would act. I mean, like, the no thing, excuse, but yeah, like, I mean, I mean, we're also like this thing that clients project fantasies onto yeah like this blank canvas but then whenever this blank canvas starts like detailing everything out and a real person it's like oh shit like you noticed that like you noticed that i farted whenever i came into the room like (laughs) Like, i noticed everything i noticed everything yeah it's It's our job to notice everything and and it's so intimate that people feel like spotlighted too like Mm. it's it like showing uh or just being in a sexual moment with somebody is so intimately revealing yeah. that it's hard for people to to accept that you know somebody's also someone else is there in the room and yeah <laughs> you know we're experiencing this together and we, I have my own set of perceptions and they have their own set of perceptions yeah and, um, and it's delicate. And then a lot of people that I deal with are powerful people or people who don't want to be seen in those situations, who just don't want to be seen. Which is wild. I don't know. It's wild. Yeah, like you have the 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 article. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So there was like the massive Orchids of Asia massage parlor bust uh, that happened in Florida. Um, Robert Kraft, the New England Patriots owner, was caught there getting a couple of hand jobs. Um, and everybody was shaming him about it. And they shut down the parlor because they were talking about like... They said that the massage parlor workers there were um, were not there legally, or they were like living in squalid conditions, um, and they were not getting paid enough. It was like a lot a question of trafficking and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, so it was just a huge thing because, well, on the one hand, a lot of people lost a job, and. On the other hand, they were probably also subjected to really substandard living conditions. I don't doubt that. Yeah. But it's so complicated. And and then there's also, like, the publicity of it because it is this high-profile man. And it just it just seems like such a, a benign thing, yeah. getting a hand job, like, to really, like, put this man on blast and cause such a ruckus. Um just it's it blows my mind yeah it it went to like a weird screen for a second like screensaver i was like what screensaver Um, (laughs) yeah yeah i think we're good uh yeah it's like so the dude got a fucking hand job he got a hand job he got a couple hand jobs this man is like what 80 or something like (laughs) just it, it really like irks me like so much how much shame like people get for accessing like sex services yeah and it's it's like 
you know, probably nobody else really wants to do, like, yeah. wants to participate in maybe, this man's sex life. I don't know. This, like, maybe this dude's busy as fuck. Like, maybe he doesn't he's busy. have time maybe. to create, like, substantial intimate relationships. Exactly. So, like, it's so much to be in a, to, to be in a sexual interaction with somebody that is like intimate and emotional and everything else yeah and to be yeah and the workers i'm like of course like if they're in you know a bad position it's great that they could get out of that but like mm-hmm. what resources are these people exactly who are busting? what what are you what are you providing for these people exactly because you know? like, there's and another thing is like a lot of people are immigrants getting into this and it's like there are not a lot of jobs for immigrants. Yeah. There are not a lot of jobs for people who just came to this country, who don't have a full grasp of English, who, like, need to earn, like, a livable wage. Yeah. And, like, sex work provides a livable wage for so many people. Hmm. So why not create safe conditions for these people to, like, provide these services, you know? it. Again, it seems like such a... A no-brainer? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we're just out here, like, come on, just, like... This shit's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Help us do it safely. Exactly. Seems chill, it, right? It like, seems like an obvious. And they're like, nah. We're like, no, let's not help anybody. Let's just shut it down. And, you know, wherever people fall, they fall. Yeah. And let's prosecute as many people as we can. Yeah, just let the people get the hand jobs. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like just, let let the man get a hand yeah. job. It's, <laughs> it's. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just frustrating. I don't know. And then it's and it's like prosecuted on this like on such a high level like compared to like real kinds of crime. Yeah. But I mean like okay, well the whole fucking justice system is another can of worms yeah. that I cannot get into right now. Yeah, this is a white man in a position of power. Like Prison industrial man. complex. Yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> this man is probably fine, too. Like He's like, oh, I got the money. Like, here's the fee I'm going to pay. Yeah, um, like, let me bail myself out. I own one of the most profitable, like, what is it, NFL franchises. Which is a, another ball of wax. It's a whole fucking ball of wax. Yeah. Like NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like, so really, in the end, the people that are getting the most harmed by this are people in the immigrant community who are running this operation. Yeah. Thanks for, I mean, I don't know. It's like, thanks for ruining the work. But I, it's, yeah, it's it's very complicated when, when they are living in squalor that it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this that's not the right solution to mm-hmm. the problem, really. Yeah. It, it is not this, not the solution at all. So, yeah. like, I mean, you guys were obviously worried about raids. Yeah. So was there a protocol? They, they really didn't talk to us about it like we had a couple sort of things we would do you know like when a client came in I would always like throw a towel over their things you know in case they were recording so there's there's no visual oh that's nice that's a smart idea yeah I would do like a visual scan of the room like because you know you step out like oh just go ahead and undress you know lay down on the table Mm -hmm. so I would do like a scan of the room to like just see like has anything changed in the room mm-hmm. um, in case, you know, like some sort of like recording device or was put somewhere. Um, but no, they didn't. They, didn't, no, they mean, didn't really provide us with any resources in case of raids, in case of raids. But I think also, too, they were protecting their ass in the sense where they're like, you know, they never 
vocally said like provide these services and they, oh, ha- they have yeah. signs in every room that says no sexual services oh yeah so that's that's the the bosses being like no i mean that's de- like we have like signs in our bathroom that's like no use of illegal substances permitted on the premises and you're I'm like, like well, uh, no, you're doing no that. that is obviously not what is going on here that's yeah that's the establishment being yeah. like hey we said it we said it. We We're tried. Not liable. We tried. We put a sign up, and we have like all of the sex trafficking signs too, because I think that's like a legally mandated thing. Like, mm. um, in all strip clubs, there has to be like, like if a, you're being trafficked. If you're like, being trafficked, this is what number you should call. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. I mean, I'm glad because I definitely believe that people who are victims of sex trafficking should have access. To have those. access, but it's so complicated being able to call that number and not knowing like where you're gonna go like, yeah what's not gonna putting happen. yourself in danger in a lot putting of ways. yourself in danger putting others in danger as well who are like involved in the operation mm-hmm. like yeah and, yeah and also i mean a lot of people who are like sex trafficking often that i've seen it also is like a lot of times it starts off as a relationship mm. um it's like, you know, someone is providing a service for you initially, whether it's like somebody who's like, okay, I'm your boyfriend, but I'm also your pimp. Yeah. Or like, I'm your friend, but I'm also going to help you hustle. So it's like these complicated relationships that are often emotional and like involve some exchange of like time and energy and like a shared kind of purpose. Yeah. And, and it's hard for people to see, like there's not a hard line. A lot of times there's definitely for some people it is obvious like they're in these like situations that are very um, coercive and they're explicitly coercive. Yeah. But a lot of coercive situations are not explicit at all. It's like you don't even realize until after the fact what's going on. You're like, oh, that did not feel good. Mm -hmm. That didn't feel good is really a big indicator. And then, you know, for ages, we may blame ourselves because society tells us, oh, It's probably your fault. Yeah. You probably let it happen. Yeah. At my club, well, at clubs generally, like for us, our safety precaution, because we like raids happen, Mm. is we just have to keep our IDs on us all the time. Hmm. Because, you know, like if in case police come and everybody has to kind of, you know, stand against a wall and we have to present our IDs. And the, the really fucked up thing is like, with a lot of these raids, like people, all of the dancers will have to like show their ID, and then police will use our legal names in front of customers. Just like outing you. Yeah, they're just like first name, full last name. What are you doing? Da da da. Like, tell me everything about your personal details. Where do you live? Blah 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 blah. And that is just such a disrespectful and incredibly unsafe, dangerous, very dangerous practice. Yeah, that, that is just so common, and a lot of money. Is that it's like, um, it's set aside for this to raid clubs. Like officers are paid to go and spend money in strip clubs and try to get illegal services, and this is tax money. Yeah, and then they bust it. They bust the house. A lot of times, sex workers don't get paid, and. It's just, it's so horrific. Yeah. And that's, I mean, especially bad in San Diego and more conservative, like, Areas. cities and, and counties, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some listener questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know if I should tell people's names, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out your name for now. Who me? No, not your name. Oh well. Uh, listener Holly Isher had a question. Uh, was there anything in particular that made you sure it was the career path you wanted to take? Uh, I'm. It's something I personally really want to explore, so I'm curious to help or to what helped you decide. Um, I mean, I don't feel like now is really the the best time to be getting into it. Yeah. Dep- depending on what what kind of sex work you're interested in. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, for me. Like, I think that it's like we choose so many different career paths. I'm I'm a fucking millennial. Like, yeah. <laughs> am I gonna be in anything for more than like four years? I don't know. Like, I like my life to change and be fluid. Yeah, sex work is part of that path in my life. I feel like I've um, kind of always been drawn to it, mostly because I I had an affinity for the the people who were sex workers. I yeah. always thought they were, like, the coolest, the hottest, True. the most interesting. I love the underworld. Like, yeah. I always, I don't know, any movie that was about sex work, I had to watch it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like for me, I've just, like, always been tapped into my, like, sexuality and sensuality. And then, like, like I love, I love power and control. What can I say? Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, when I get to, like, monetize that like sensuality that power that control like mm-hmm. it's pretty tight man like yeah it's cool like it's fun mm-hmm. um and like i don't know like i'm great at customer service you know yeah like right. i love talking to people i love meeting people yeah um i don't i don't know that i have any like specific advice into like getting into it uh it like i said it has been very difficult for me to access sex work in mm-hmm. legal safe ways mm-hmm. in America yeah. um so <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's just you know I don't think it's it could be anything to anybody and yeah. you know we don't all get to like have a full choice like we didn't all go to college yeah but you and I did go to college yeah correct <laughs> so we have that privilege and that power of choice um, and I'm definitely so grateful that I got to opt into it. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, there's a million reasons and I think, you know, it's very personal. It's, it's a very it's personal so choice personal. and it's, it's kind of hard to answer that question because of how varied sex work can oh be. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you're, if you're doing phone sex or if you're doing kink stuff, like your experience is going to be radically different yeah. than, you know, and depending on the, the, like, the company, if you're going through a company, mm-hmm. you're using, like, I was, um, when I was doing phone sex, it was through a company, so, you know, mm-hmm. they took a cut of my, of my, oh, yeah. of my, uh, percentages, paycheck, yeah. which they took a lot, so that Oh, could, my God, yeah, for sucked. real. That no, sucked. that's how I felt, that's how I feel with camming, is, like, the percentage that they take is just massive. But then this company put money into me in that they were pushing me to the front page, so I was uh, getting more calls. Well, that's nice, yeah. Yeah, but I was also faking to be this, like, thin, boring, like, woman, so I ended up <laughs> quitting because I was like, I don't like having to, 
pretend. Yeah. You're like, oh. I was Valerie. My thin <laughs> Yeah, she legs. was so boring. And, and my, like, I had a couple regulars, and eventually, like, I'd be like, so I actually look, because they're, they're always like, is that really your picture? And I'm like, yeah, baby, of course. Yeah, baby. But then, like, there were a couple that were like, what do you really look like? And I was like, well, I'm the opposite of this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that sounds hot. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, because it's just like, people, what people find hot is just anything and everything. Yeah. If yeah, someone thinks you're hot, like they're yeah. you're someone's type, you know. You're definitely somebody's type. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's see, let's find another one. What's a good way to get started in sex work? Man, I would just say research. I think really thinking consciously about what your preferences are, what mm-hmm. your boundaries are. Yeah. What like what type of sex work feels right for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's, like, stripping. You're, like, physically in the space. Mm -hmm. You're interacting with the people. There's, like, phone sex. I was just, like, getting stoned in bed, like, watching just, like, bullshit TV Mm -hmm. between calls, you know? Like, it's it's very different experiences depending on what type of work you're entering. So it's it's, it's hard to say. With camming, it's like a lot of time and a lot of waiting in the digital space and it takes a while for you to like build up your clientele. Yeah. Yeah. And like, come on guys, keep tipping. Yeah. And I think another thing that a lot of people don't realize with sex work is the amount of like social media and networking in this age especially in this age yeah so you really have to be out there you need to tweet where you're gonna be yeah you need to like publicize your shit and have a brand that's one reason i never got into camming is i just was like "Uh, i prefer to have a little a little more distance from it Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you know with other things like if you you're like i really don't want to have sex with somebody and people always like want to say, oh, well, I want to be a sugar baby, but I don't want to have sex. I'm like, well, you're going to have some kind of sexual contact with that person. Yeah. Whether it's just being naked together, if it's touching, if it's fingering, if it's. You're in the wrong, you're in the wrong service, avenue if, if you're, you're not. Like, if, yeah, because it's definitely sex work. Being a sugar baby is sex work. Yeah. And like the people who don't have sex are God, like fucking lightning striking. Like, <laughs> who don't want like, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just not the majority of people. That's such a small margin. And for you to find that one person, it's just like one in a million chances. Yeah. And for them to actually pay what you want them to pay. Just for, like, quality time. Yeah, and even for sex, even if you are performing full service, like, a lot of people will try to shortchange you. Yeah, they do. They'll try to be like, oh, like, I'll pay you $200 every week for sex. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. Like, not enough right now. Like, 500 minimum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just, like, a beginning rate. Yeah, and I think also... With people who are also, I think, thinking about escorting or thinking about, like, doing full service, um, people don't realize that, you know, like, you can really set your price up. And it's good to kind of start with dancing and stuff because you can kind of get an idea, like, what can I do without having penetrative sex? Yeah. And, I mean, not everybody has access to stripping for sure. And so that's, like, a privileged perspective. But I think um, a lot of people who get into to full service without having, like, a background and knowing, like, different price points and what you're able to, like, sell at what level. Um, get shortchanged. They get shortchanged. Yeah. Yeah. They, they price themselves too low. They do a lot more work than they need to for not enough. 
I think honestly, if you're curious, like you, sex, like there are a lot of sex workers who are willing to talk about it, but fucking pay them for their time, pay them for their energy. You know, like they're giving you business advice. Like that's a consultation, my friend. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. a little coin goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. Find yeah. a professional, pay them for their time, ask questions. Yeah. And also respect if they don't want to answer certain oh, yeah, questions. Definitely. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not all of us want to talk about all the services that we provide because maybe we're in sensitive situations. It could be, you know, we're afraid of, you know, talking about certain things yeah. or it's I mean, a safety like, concern. I, I was going back and forth on, like, do I want to use my legal name? Do I want to, you yeah. know, like, put myself out there? But it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's it's a part of my part of my history, a part of my my being so like yeah definitely I mean, I, me. yeah it's you <laughs> <laughs> no same i mean i i use selena because it's my stage name and i've kind of been trying to use it more regularly yeah um also to kind of separate my legal name from my sex work yeah and it's also because i'm currently in the profession currently doing that so yeah. it's just more of a, an ongoing safety concern for totally. me and clients find me and clients find me yeah, y'all are sneaky Oh, my God. For real. Like, I, I mean, just got a, a client message, and they're like, I found you, Miss Selena. Ew, I'm like, how like, creepy could you be right now? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's just, like, some client language, and they and it's because it's, I don't know, not everybody is the same, but <laughs> you can, like, understand. Like, client text messages are a whole, a whole genre of, <laughs> like, pay me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey there, hottie. What's up with your nice Puerto Rican booty? <laughs> I'm like, who do you talk to like this? And then they just like think you want to talk to them all the time and you're like bro i'm talking to you for money bro i'm just trying to make sure that you're gonna be here on thursday whenever i'm there at seven (laughs) o'clock um okay i like this question this is from a gender marxist what are the small joys of your job the small joys of my job yeah (sighs) honestly like connecting with cool people like, there's some really cool people who would come in to, like, access the services. So when I, like, you know, would just get to, like, talk to someone person to person and really, like, connect with people, like, that that's so joyful and so fun, you know? Because it's not always all about, like, sex or, like, penetrative sex. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels good connecting to other human beings and being like, yeah, here we are, just, like person to person some some people are cool as fuck some people are nice like yeah some people are funny like yeah no I mean I I was like happy last week because I had two people like I'm a big traveler so Mm. I've been like all over the world and I'm so glad I was able to do that and I'm I'm able to travel but um I was like getting to talk to people who are also travelers and I was so excited because we had similar experiences where like oh you've been to like Hong Kong I've been to Hong Kong what did you think of this and that awesome you've been to like Thailand me too like let's talk about this yeah shared experiences and like you've you've been to Guam I've never been there like what would you suggest like what do you think about this place that is like and having a complex like idea of the world was like exciting for me to like have with another person and share that kind of like like we've had this unique experience and like we can talk about it together i mean i think that the same goes for like connecting to other sex workers as well it's just like it's like the club where we're just like yeah bro you know what's up like you've been there like Mm -hmm. and getting to share those kind of experiences with people as well so yeah i'd say like 
connecting to other human beings, whether it be a client or mm-hmm. another provider. Like, it's just oh, yeah. really cool. I mean, like, the, I guess the biggest, most heartening thing is spending time with my coworkers. Yeah. Like, I was trying to think of, like, client moments because <laughs> I think people, you know, clients get a bad rep just like we get a bad rep. Um not that they do for very long, though, because, like, I have some really prolific clients who are very powerful and very rich people. And, like, and I sometimes I wonder, like... like recognizable people? Yeah. And mm. sometimes I'm, like, what would happen if, like, do people know, like, the extent that this person purchases sex work regularly? Mm. And what would happen if... And what would happen if everybody knew? Because, I mean, it's, like, you know, people in charge of... Yeah, it's, like... Major media companies and stuff like that or, you know. Again, it's so wild that, like, being a provider or being someone accessing these services, like, oh, this could ruin your life. Like, this could, like, I'm like, really? Yeah. Why should this ruin your... For what? For what? Yeah. Yeah. For doing something we all, well, not all of us, but doing something that many of us do, Mm -hmm. but just, like, monetized. Yeah, exactly. Money always complicates things, though. Money does complicate things. Yeah. And they mean capitalism. <laughs> but, I mean, I love my coworkers. Like, there's, it's just, like, such an incredible, diverse group of, like, women and AFABs. Like, I, I've, like, danced with, like, multiple, like, trans, um, like, non-binary dancers. Cool. Um and it's just like this this understanding and camaraderie that you don't have in a lot of work environments because yeah. there's like the heavy burden of societal taboo that we all bear and the constant like concern about our health and our safety, our mental health. Yeah. Like anytime a girl is having trouble, like everybody knows and everybody is like, what are we doing about it? Like there's a girl who's going through some like, I think kind of early stages of like drug addiction problems Mm, and she's been having like outbursts um and it's kind of just been like an ongoing thing and i'm and i think we're all just like we just want her to take care of herself and to be happy and healthy and it and it's just you know every like everybody stopped like we took time like different girls took different shifts to like see how she was doing comfort her make sure she got an uber home like talk to like management and stuff like that yeah and, you know, other people, like, we, we were also, like, feeling the the emotional stress of caring, you know, and, like, and talking about how, you know, like, our bosses want to say that they care about us. But, like, whenever it comes down to it. If you're not making money. If you're not making money, you're, you're not important. And I think another hard thing that is, like, the way that dancers especially are just so devalued. Like, we're utterly replaceable. Mm. Like, our bosses will hire, like, you know, 10 new people in a week and not care about what that how that affects the bottom line of every other girl yeah. who works at that club. Yeah. It definitely seems like I always see ads for places hiring. And oh, yeah, they're constantly hiring. Yeah. Except that they're not hiring if you're black or you have braids or this and that, if you're fat, yeah. if, if you, like, don't have this conventional look. But if you're... Like, most of the time, if you're a skinny, white, blonde woman, you can go anywhere. Yeah. If you're a skinny, white woman, pretty much anywhere, you can... Not just in the sex industry. That's just kind of in the world. That's kind of in the world, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the broader politics of the world are reflected in the micro scale of the club environment. True. 
Okay, we're Are we doing on time? We're good on time still. We're good on time. Yes. We can take a few more questions. Okay, cool. Um, so this person was asking about camming. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I could kind of answer this. So that's so hairy. Asked, <laughs> how, much, how much do you make camming? Um, it depends on the person. Honestly, it sucks for a really long time. Um, and I don't know if that's just me because I'm like, like not white, but there's a lot of discrimination and there's also just like, so the way that camming works is that you go into like one of these sites. So whether it's like my free cams or chatterbait, chatterbait or is night flirt, does night flirt do cams? I don't know about night flirt. Like as far as their, I thought it was just phones, honestly. But um, so you go to these sites and you don't have to pay to like view cams if you're a consumer, which is the biggest problem. So you can just like go in and like be like one of those like anonymous like uh, like watchers in there. And so there's like literally going to be like thousands of anonymous eyes that are just or like watchers that are in your room who don't who can't talk like you can't. Um, talk to the person unless you're tipping. Um, like, you can kind of silence the people who don't have money who want to talk to you, and there's going to be, like, tons of people who are trying to talk to you. They can still consume your content. They can still though. consume your content. They can still put a bot monitor into your room and record every minute of it, and, and that's what they always do. Exactly, yep. and that's what happened to me. My, like, videos are all over the web somewhere, and my partner and I have like issued a ton of like takedown orders and there's I'm sure that it's just never going to leave the internet. But anyway, so you start your room and the people that can pay, they pay in tokens and for every 100 tokens you get, um I think you get like 10 cents or <laughs> something like that or maybe a dollar. So like I get, I want to say every token is worth like Sorry, a token is worth maybe like 10 cents or less than that. I'm stressed. Yeah, exactly. So like you may have, it may say like you have like 500 tokens, but that means you have like $5. So just like the ratio. So like what customers are paying, they're paying maybe like, you know, $100 for 100 tokens, but you're getting maybe $10. Whatever the ratio is, it's like such a margin compared to what the consumers are paying for the the tokens. So it's just like you're getting a small amount. You think you're getting more, but you're really not. And customers think that you're getting more of a percentage, but you're not getting paid that. And they're not trying to spend that much on porn because people don't want to pay for their porn. Yep. So camming is like a long uphill battle and you're going to find, you know, your regulars and develop a base, but it takes like weeks of time and sitting and you need to work it like a job. Like you need to be there like five or six hours in your room, just waiting, trying not to be bored and like dodging all of these guys who are not paying you, trying to ask you to like look at their cams. Like they'll just pop up and be like, watch me jerk off right now. (laughs) Like, like, no, I don't want to watch you jerk off right now unless you're paying me a lot of money. Yeah. And dudes never want to pay. And they never want to pay a lot of money. So many. Yeah. Yeah, so camming, you know, I know (laughs) I know people who make good money camming, but I would say the best way if you want to produce web content is to have like fans only pages, 
which is like a paid subscription kind of site. Um, I would also suggest like premium Snapchat accounts because people can pay to like view your content and you're producing it and you have more control over who sees it and that you're definitely getting paid. Um, it's good to have people pay per video. Um, it's like if, many vids. Yeah, many vids and stuff like that um, so that you like produce it ahead of time so you're not constantly having to like sit and wait and waste time hoping that people will pay you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, on top of that, you're going to have to do a ton of media work. You're going to need to be on Twitter and Instagram and every platform promoting when you're online, when you produce content, what's up there, what the prices are, <laughs> what your brand is, like Ugh. everything. It's, I, yeah. You need to be a media machine to make camming work for you. And people do it. You Respect. Know? A lot of respect to those people who are making a living off of camming because it is hard. It is a lot of labor. Yeah. Okay, another question. Also by That's So Harry. Um, What's up, That's So Harry? <laughs> what up, That's So Harry? <laughs> Do you ever enjoy your work or get any sexual gratification? Fuck yeah. <laughs> or is it usually work that you have to, like, dissociate yourself from in the moment? You know, it's a mix. Um, I definitely do get some sexual gratification out of work sometimes. It depends a lot. You know, sometimes somebody's hot or sometimes they're just good at touching or yeah. kissing or whatever, you know, like something that just works. Like it's like it's like any other sex. It's like any other inti- yeah. intimacy and any other experience. Like, some yeah, sometimes there's someone hot. Like sometimes there's like someone you connect with or like, I don't know, like someone mm. maybe like will give me a massage and it feels really nice, yeah, you know? Yeah. But then other times I'm just like this is my job yeah other times it's like i mean there's definitely days where i'm like it's kind of a shock to have somebody like touch me at first yeah where i like my first lap dance is like jumping into a cold pool (laughs) i'm like like (laughs) somebody's touching my body and i wasn't ready for it yet yeah but it's like you know then eventually i'm like okay like this is fine and like i've like get you know ease into it and acclimate so it's going to vary. Sometimes my job is nicer, and I'm going to say it's a lot better whenever I'm ovulating and I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I'm, like, I'm right before my period, or on my period, I'm like, don't touch me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's too much, too much sensation. Yeah. And I just don't want that. It's nice whenever I get to dance on somebody who's hot. Yes. Um, also, I'm going to say the whole trope, uh, money makes me wet. It's kind of true. <laughs> Flash me a hundo and like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, like, okay. You're like, oh. Like, I'm a Capricorn. I love I love money and power. Like, what can I say? Capricorn in the house. Yeet. Yeah, I love Yeet. being a Capricorn. <laughs> uh, what, does, what sound does a goat make? Because it know. bleats? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Insert goat noise Insert here. Insert goat noise. <laughs> yeah, there's no like Scorpio noise. It's just tail. Oh, yeah. Like, uh... A sting. Yeah, people always, I don't know, people always have, like, the stereotypes about Scorpios being, like, scary or just, like, choke me. <laughs> Scorpios are just cancers with leather jackets, like, honestly, <laughs> with, like, I feel... There's, Emotional. Yeah, and... like, there's a gooey center there, but, like, Scorpios, you really, I feel like you gotta, like, break down some more walls and mm-hmm. they're more, like, protected and, uh-huh. like, cancers are just, like, like... <laughs> That's so funny because my sister is a cancer and um, their birthday was just... Sunday. So. Happy B day, sis. Shout out, sis. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's funny because I am like the Scorpio and they are the Cancer. Mm. So I got my jacket on and they have their emotions out. There you go. 
Um, okay, maybe this will be the last question, and then we'll kind of wrap up. Wrap things up. Wrap yeah. things up, and I'll plug you. Yeah. And um, throw in some quotes. So advice to someone with no rhythm, LOL, how to know if you're a good fit personality-wise for sex work? Oh, that's a hard question because there's so many different kinds of sex work. Yeah. And it's going to depend. I'm looking at your pictures. You're <laughs> cool. Uh, this is by Crybaby Bands. Shout out Crybaby Bands. Hey. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that you definitely are not, like, you don't have a problem with, like, you know, being cute and, like, showing off a little skin. Holla. And you're cute. So uh, you could probably get into whatever you wanted to and do well. Um, I think it's just, you know, I think you got to be brave. You got to be ready to handle the negativity that people will project onto you. Tough skin. You need a tough skin. And you know what? Not all of us start off that way. Um, A lot of it is like it develops over time, being rejected a lot, being told negative things um, and handling that and figuring out, you know, how you you can take care of yourself. Um, I think also like don't, well... Not everybody gets the choice, but if you can, like, wait on being a sex worker a little bit. Um, I mean, this is maybe, like, a debatable thing, but I I think, you know, a lot of times whenever you're younger, you don't necessarily have, like, a lot of the boundaries set, and you don't maybe know, like, you just haven't got that kind of fight, like, and, you, you know, and it's not just, like, physical boundaries, it's also, like, substance boundaries. I know whenever I was, like... 18 to 21, I was fucking partying hard. It was a mess. I was trying all of the drugs, drinking, everything. Now I'm, like, so fucking sober. It's crazy. I mean, I, like, I smoke weed, but I don't really count that because it just puts me to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's, like, now I just am not tempted by that because I did it. I lived that. I figured out some of my boundaries, um, and that was really important. And I think for me, I see, at least in the club, like, a lot of younger girls— have a lot of those insecurities they get into more fights they get into more substances um and it's harder to handle like a lot of the stigma because it's like I developed a lot of my personality and my sense of self and that took a lot of time and personal work and I think that's important to kind of set aside or to, to work on first yeah but that said anybody can go into it anybody should um, just, you know, take care of yourself, check in with yourself, make sure you're doing fine and you're happy. And if you're not happy, stop. Yeah. Because you can stop. <laughs> and like both of us have done a lot of varied kind of sex work, too. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like maybe you go into something and you're kind of like, oh, I don't think I really like this. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's not the right avenue for yeah, you. Trial and error. Yeah. Trial and error. There's so many different things that you can do. Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, the people you'll see. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, I just, I had like a couple of quotes that are kind of cute that I wanted to throw in. Yeah. So things to think about. So this is by Julie Zhu, uh, or Julie XU. I want to say Zhu. Um, an organizer with sex rights group Red Canary. Check out Red Canary, y'all. R E D. C-A-N-A-R-Y. What happens with trafficking, which is a horrible thing, is it often pits trafficking victims against people doing sex work by choice or by circumstances, when in fact the boundaries between both are fluid. Hmm. It's very complicated. Yeah. There's no right answer to 
to any of these questions, really. No, but being in like having a legal status makes it a lot easier to create protections to have access to health care and workers' rights and things like that. Yeah. So decriminalization and full legalization, so important to having legal options. Come through, America. Come through, America. <laughs> and then, shout out to Casey, a Chinese-American massage parlor worker. She said uh, about, okay, I'm just going to read the quote. Quote, you build really strong relationships with a lot of people both customers and with other workers. It's interesting because on the one hand, you are willingly living out a fantasy with the customers. You're embodying something that's not real for them. But on the other hand, it's such an intimate space and it becomes a nice ritual sometimes. A lot of people will just keep coming back the same time every week. You build a rapport. You're part of their ritual. You're what gets them through the week. And in some ways, they're the same. They get you through your week. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sex is self-care, honestly, sometimes. It it's like, it's cool that we can sometimes be a provider of that kind of care, you yeah. know? Yeah. I feel like I get to have a lot of really great moments where I get to care for people and affirm them, give hugs. Yeah. Like, just, Be like, you know, hey, I see you. Hey, I see you. Hey, it's okay. You're yeah. cool. <laughs> Live your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're good to wrap it up. How can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. My username is 4locro, the number 4, L-O-C-R-O-W. Uh, I don't know if people are really clicking into websites anymore, but my website is Lauren Crow Photo. Um, yeah, com. please check out their photos. Yeah. They're fantastic. That's that's what I get They're up so to. so beautiful and luscious, and that's yes. really how we came upon each other. I also should say that we've never met in person until yeah. today. <laughs> we've yeah. only been, like, internet friends, which is beautiful. And the internet is a beautiful place, it's truly. It's so beautiful, connecting people of all kinds. And yeah. Just, like, you know, the commonalities that we have with people that we would never interact with otherwise. Yeah, like, true. Because... You know, like we kind of live in these tiny circles, like, and it's nice that we can blur those through like the digital, the digital space. Yeah, true. So yeah, I am so happy and thank you so much for your time and your generosity. Yes. And this is amazing. Yeah, this has been so fun. So this has been an episode of Ho in the Know, guys. Uh, you know, keep listening. We're going to have more. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs>